This is episode number 115 for Friday, July 17th, 2020. I'm your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz Podcast, Andre Berninger. I'm a meteorologist on... I'm a meteorologist with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio, and this has felt certainly like summer, a good old-fashioned summer. So far, 10 90-degree days, and that's our normal for the whole summer, and we still have some summer left. So what kind of summer can we anticipate, and what has summer looked like in other cities? Because we have a lot of podcast listeners across the whole country. Well, let's dig into that subject, and to help me do that is morning meteorologist Scott Sable here at WJW Television. He and I get into a discussion about summer and all the stats that go behind it. So, without further delay, here is our conversation from earlier this morning. Scott, welcome to Weather Jazz again. Thanks again, Andre. Thanks for having me. Sure. We're going to talk heat today. It's uh, something that I let people know on a previous episode of Weather Jazz that would be coming. Uh, And it is somewhat topical in the sense that, uh, well, we've had 10 days so far that we hit 90 in Cleveland. And uh, that is just about normal for any summer. So if we stop seeing 90 now for the rest of the summer, which is really something that won't happen, uh, we would end up with a perfectly normal summer. But that hasn't been the case, and there are so many factors that go into the fact that we are getting a hot summer so far. So let's dive in. You've come up with a lot of research and a lot of reasons behind it, so I'm going to let you lead off and and kind of uh, take us in a direction. Why are we so hot this year? All right. Well, let's go back to early May, mid-May. If you recall, it was just two months ago that we had accumulating snow on the ground here. I mean, that's like less than 60 days ago, and we had such a wet and abnormally cool spring. Um, And, you know, we were looking down the road and people like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Is this going to be, you know, a a kind of foretell what's going to happen in the summer? And I remember you and I were talking at that point, and we had mentioned on the air that, you know, the drivers of winter and the transition seasons, especially in spring, in many cases, don't necessarily uh, connect to summer. You know, the drivers are totally different. You know, one driver right. in winter can do something right. totally opposite in the middle of this in the middle of the summer. And usually those those what we call teleconnections for winter are somewhat muted in summer. And a lot of that is because these the Bermuda high and the high in the desert southwest, they become so strong that in oftentimes if those highs become strong, they uh, they pretty much wipe out any sort of trough or any sort of cold front that tries to come in from the upper Midwest. So you look back in June, it was, if I remember correctly, it was pretty cool. I mean, for early to mid-June. And mm-hmm. that's when everyone's like, man, we're going to see 90. What's going on here? And I was warning people, you know, we were talking. The last time we had a summer without a 90 was in 2000. And the last time prior to that, I believe, was in the early 60s. And, you know, those are the only two times in the last 100 years we would never had a 90 in the course of the summer. So it was just a matter of time. But the factors we were looking at in the in the uh, the, the, the two specific era regions of the world we were looking at was the two highs, the Bermuda High and what we call the Sonoran Ridge, or the ridge in the desert southwest. And we were watching those as they started to build. And, you know, you have the two highs and then you have the trough in the middle. So that started to build in mid to late June. And there was a lot of um, 
a lot of uh, uh, factors pointing towards both of these coming together. And we were, we were, if you like heat, we were hoping if these two come together, we could be looking at a dominantly warm July. Mm-hmm. And I remember right. our outlook for July was well above normal and very little rainfall. And if I remember correctly, we issued that like between like the 20th and the 25th of June, just in general terms. And sure enough, around the 4th of July, we started seeing that heat build and it built up quick in the center of the country and in the Ohio Valley. And that was our first, you know, first stretch of heat. I think we had five straight days above 90. And then we had a nice break of, I think, three or four days. We had some thunderstorms and some severe weather on that Friday. I believe it was uh, a week ago today because we're recording this on a Friday. So, Mm -hmm. uh, and then we were noticing, hey, wait a minute, this next uh, period of, of extreme heat, which we're currently in now, this is the one that could be the real clincher because this one could last longer. It could be stronger. And it could also add another variable where these cold fronts coming in up and over the ridge could be even more unpredictable because there's just nothing to keep them, keep them going. Right. And sure right. enough, luckily, all this has worked out so far as we're at the midway point of July. It seemed really ridiculous when we did issue that forecast back in the month of June that we would end up with a hotter than normal and a drier than normal July, given the fact, as you mentioned, we had something happen in the month of May, too. Incidentally, I will add as a postscript that has never happened in Cleveland history, and that is not one, but two measurable snowfalls in the month of May, the same May. That's never happened in Cleveland. Happened on May 9th and May 11th. And so uh, with that kind of cool, wet start to the month of July when people couldn't get to their lawns, uh, they they couldn't mow because they kept sinking and getting stuck, and uh, we were in that group, it seemed really ridiculous to call for a hotter-than-normal July and a drier-than-normal July. But here we are, and we're exactly in that position. Exactly. And, you know, a lot of this is because it's a shock to everybody because it seems like we do a complete 180 when we go from extremes with snow six months ago to, you know, these stretches of 90 degree days. But a lot of the increase has what we call regression to the mean or regression back to where we should be. If you, if, if you look at kind of like a curve, you know, uh, so, th- so the big jump brought us back up to normal, which is about 83 degrees, which is our highest high temperature, or I'm sorry, our highest normal temperature for the, for the winter summer. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. the increase from there brought us up into the nineties. So, um, yeah, this has been interesting. And of course the other element too, and this happens from time to time is that the drier the ground gets, the easier it is to sustain this type of heat, which also Mm -hmm. sustains these these larger ridges of high pressure, especially in the Corn Belt center of the U.S., which, of course, drives more evaporation, which creates more heat. It's just a vicious cycle um, that I think we're going to start to get into. We're already in now, but we're going to really start to see uh, this manifest itself more in the weeks ahead. You mentioned that vicious cycle, and of course, in meteorology, for those who are particularly uh, interested in weather nerdology, uh, that is called positive feedback. So once Uh you get a positive feedback system, it's tough to break that cycle. So we may be entering uh, what will end up being a somewhat memorable summer in the sense that it was uh, usually 
categorized with prolonged stretches of heat and not a whole lot of precipitation, even with the fronts that are making it through, like the one last night. Uh, we were just clipped by severe weather, and most places picked up a tenth of an inch, maybe, right. maybe a quarter of an inch, <clears throat> and a lot of places didn't see anything, like downtown Cleveland. Right, and a lot of the severe weather, um, which really wasn't a whole lot to begin with, was in western Pennsylvania. Um, mm-hmm. I think the last time we had any long stretches of severe weather, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, and then you got to go back into early April uh, when we had a period of severe weather. If I remember correctly, that was an overnight-type severe weather event. If I remember, we also had a couple of tornado touchdowns, but, man, that was a long time ago. Uh, so we haven't had very many you know, severe weather events here, of course, in northern Ohio. Haven't had very many tornadoes in the uh, you know, in the, in the, in, the uh, in tornado alley. So I think a lot of this is due to the fact that this ridge, both of them, the one out west and the Bermuda high is strengthening, but it'll be interesting to see now as we head into August, because everyone's now asking, mm. Hey, what, what, what does August look like in general terms? And maybe I'm jumping ahead here, but we're heading into, you know, the time of year where also hurricane activity becomes much stronger. And I think we'll probably end up looking at the Pacific um, the changes in the equatorial Pacific right along the equator, as well as the northern Pacific, for signs that maybe this ridge might break down just enough to allow for some sort of tropical activity, um, which might be a precursor to what the fall will be like. So there's some some elements here, I think, in the next probably three weeks that certainly bear watching, and I think ultimately it will change our temperature pattern. But we might not see this big, big shift until maybe well into the second or third week of August at the earliest. Maybe even early September. We'll have to wait and, maybe. and see. Correct. Very true. Very true. All right. So right now, it does appear as though August will have generally a continuation of the heat without a whole Correct. lot of precip, at least in the front half of August. Now, that may change in the, in the back half. We'll have to watch that carefully. But uh, right now, that uh, 10 is going to get added to, 10 being the number of days that we've hit 90 or mm-hmm. higher so far this season. I don't think today we're going to hit 90. We'll be close. Maybe mm-hmm. in a couple of places, uh, but we're going to start adding to that uh, over the weekend and more. Uh, so uh, you know, it, it's tough to put a number. There's a lot of variability in the number of 90 degree days uh, for any particular summer. Ten being the 30 day, 30 year average, uh, but we've had as few as zero. We've had as many as what 27 uh, about five years ago, and of Correct. course the record yes. is uh, 37. Back in uh, 1954 and 36 days in 1988. I remember the 88 one. Yeah. Yeah. That was my first uh, summer in in Cleveland uh, when the morning show had just started uh, 32 uh, years ago. Uh, Very memorable because that was the year we also hit our all-time record high of 104 degrees. And that was set back on June June 25th. That was a Saturday. Uh, I remember that vividly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that uh, that summer also, uh, when you're talking about that record high temperature, uh, we also had a lot of rain that spring, and then nothing because of that because of the drought mm-hmm. that we had and the, and the heat. But it was interesting. Uh, three days later, after we broke the high of 104, the all time record, we had an overnight low record of like right. 48. So it was, right. uh, you know, people use the term dry heat, but the humidity wasn't all that high compared to what it is now, and it allowed those lows to get pretty chilly. Uh, can mm. all things considered. 
A good point, too, because that record high of 104 was set uh, on a day where the dew point was in the 50s, not 60s, right. not 70s. Mm-hmm. And typically when the dew points go high, you have a lot more water molecules in the air. Okay. Those water molecules have a high specific heat. In other words, they're like a battery. So they will pull in all of the energy from the sun and kind of keep it to itself. And it doesn't it isn't reflected in the air temperature, but at night just like a battery, it re-releases that heat when there is no sun. So that's why our overnight lows when we're very humid don't tend to sink much below 70. Uh, right. And in the desert, obviously, there's a much bigger swing because you don't have that uh, that capacity or that capacitor to pull in the energy from the sun and then re-release it at night uh, as much as uh, we do here in the in the eastern U.S. You know, it's been interesting, too, with the 90-degree days that we've had, 10 of them so far. Um, we haven't had very many of these hot and humid days with a south and southwest wind. You know, typically here, because you have the cooler lake that typically influences the, you know, the temperatures along the shoreline, um, we've had um, more of these 90-degree uh, days with the absence of a southwest or a southerly wind. And looking back, and I was looking at all the 90-degree days in the last 40 years, and there have been like 460 of them, and mm-hmm. like 80 to 85% of our 90-degree days historically, going back to 1980, we've had a south or a southwest wind. This year, it's been a little different, and I think a lot of that is driven by the fact that the center of the heat ridge is still centered in the middle of the country, so we're kind of on the front edge of it, so we've had... Uh, every once in a while, we'll end up getting this this northerly or a northwesterly or even an easterly flow here in northern Ohio, and and that's why you'll get you know big ranges in temperatures. So that's kind of unusual. I've been watching that this year. Um, just I think it's just because of the placement of the high and where we are in relation to it. But the high that we're going to have, you know, the heat this weekend, we will have a south southwest breeze, and it'll be interesting to see how warm we get with the added factor of that southerly component that we haven't had in the last three or four weeks. Let's talk about some of the heat in other areas of the country. We have listeners essentially from all over the U.S. Not only that, but the the number of countries that listen to Weather Jazz is truly amazing. So uh, I promised in in a uh, previous episode that I would list those countries in the last 12 months that have uh, tuned into Weather Jazz. So we do have a lot of audience outside of Ohio, despite the fact that the biggest concentration is Ohio. So let's talk about mm-hmm. heat outside of Ohio. Uh, sure. I did a, a quick little a ba- a batch of research yesterday looking at the number of 90-degree days. Cleveland, 10. Cincinnati, oddly enough, only a 12 right now. Really uh, unusual to have that. Yeah, usually they're up around 20 at this time of year. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, Nashville, they're a little closer to normal, 27, 90 degree days. Washington, D.C., now this is interesting. Washington said 23, that that would be at Reagan uh, Airport in downtown D.C. Uh, but uh, they, up to yesterday, had, uh, it looks like something like a 18-day stretch uh consecutive and they broke it yesterday they did not hit 90 yesterday uh had they continued they would have uh, been making a run at the record which is 23 consecutive days Uh, dallas go ahead 
I was going to say, to put that into perspective, the longest stretch we've ever had here in Cleveland and in Akron, mm. I believe, is 11 days. And that right. was back in like 1953, as I recall, um, yeah. which is, mm-hmm. you know, I figure we would have had longer stretches than that. But, you know, 11 days, I mean, that's that's a week, you know, more than a week and a half's worth of 90. And we've only had five straight days so far this year. Go ahead, Andre. I'm sorry. Uh, and uh, up to the most recent forecast cycle, it looked like we were going to perhaps have six, but uh, now it Correct. looks like four or five. So we'll see mm-hmm. how that uh, pans out at the at the end of the year. Let's continue our trip. We're going to go down to Dallas, Dallas-Fort Worth Airport, 48. Uh, that's uh, probably pretty close to normal, although mm-hmm. recently their average high temperature has... Uh, in the last week or two has averaged much above normal because they're right under that heat dome. And in Phoenix, uh, this is the real uh, winter, 85 days at 90 or higher. And you think, well, it's Phoenix. Well, you're right. However, if you look at the month of July thus far, July 1st through today, July 17th, not a single one of them has had a high temperature no less than 103 degrees. And on one of the days right. about a week ago, you and I were talking uh, before we started recording the uh, the episode that mm-hmm. the nighttime low, the nighttime low was 94. 94 Isn't that crazy? degrees. Yeah, that is. And, yeah, and uh, Death Valley Desert, California, I believe for about a 72-hour stretch, and I think it ended on Wednesday, Tuesday, maybe mm-hmm. it was Tuesday, uh, didn't have a temperature below 100 degrees. Um, mm-hmm. which was interesting because they had a high, I think, on Sunday, or Saturday or Sunday of 128, with a relative humidity maxed out at 13%. And to put that into perspective, we have never had a relative humidity here in Cleveland at 13%. I was looking back at all the records going back to 1940, and there have mm-hmm. only been nine days where we've had a relative humidity uh, between 15 and 20% as the, wow. as the, uh, the lowest. So that, that's, that is really, really dry. And I was talking uh, with Sally, my wife, who's a meteorologist also, so we frequently will have a number of meteorological discussions. I told her about uh, a a very low dew point from not last night, but the night before. I went on a hunt because our dew points were creeping up. So I thought, okay, let's, let's look at what the lowest dew point is anywhere in the continental 48 states right now. And I knew that I would find it somewhere in the desert southwest. Well, I sure did find it, and what I found surprise was a surprise. Uh, North Las Vegas Airport, which is just north of uh, Nellis Air Force Base and mm-hmm. uh, north of where uh, Los Angeles, uh, Las Vegas Airport is, the big one, North Las Vegas, which is a community uh, a county airport, had mm-hmm. a temperature of 101. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's not unusual. But their dew point was eight below Fahrenheit, eight below. Really? Thought, well, wow. Yeah, that you know that can't be. That can't be. So I started checking all of the other surface observations, and yeah, all the others were either zero or a little below zero. And uh, so North Las Vegas, 101 with a dew point of minus eight, which made the relative humidity less than one percent. <laughs> Isn't that unbelievable? <laughs> yeah, really crazy stuff. And so. Um, an, an interesting question uh, arose. Okay, let's say you go swimming 101 degrees with a dew point of minus eight, and you jump out of the pool with a mm-hmm. stiff breeze. 
does your skin freeze at minus eight? <laughs> wow. I mean, that's, theor- that's theoretically, it should, but obviously that, that wouldn't be the case. But, uh, yeah, you'd feel kind of brisk coming out of that pool, I would imagine. Right. With well, a stiff another way of looking at it, too, was that you would need the temperature to go to eight below in order to create fog, right? I mean, that, right. There, there's your... You know, right. another way of looking at it, but eight below dew point, that's crazy. You know, I was looking at the, the, you know, when we talk about high dew points here, you know, the highest dew point we've ever had here, I believe is between 80 and 82. And I think that was back in like 1995. And we don't get a dew point above 80 here very often, the other extreme, um, which would, would, which, which would just be incredible. I believe there's dew points like down in uh, New Orleans and down along the Gulf Coast. They get dew points close to 80 on a, mm-hmm. n- not a semi-frequent basis, but I'm sure they, that happens every summer from time to time. Yeah, Bozier City, by the way, I looked at the other extreme. Bozier City, Louisiana, mm-hmm. on the same night, had a dew point of 84. Oh, that's uh, crazy. That's, uh, wow. Yeah. Uh, the the night uh, that, or the, the period of time, and I remember that summer, it was just mm-hmm. so humid all the time uh, when we had dew points going above 80. Uh, county Airport, uh, Cuyahoga County Airport, if my memory serves me well, I think had a dew point of either 83 or 84. Um, and I remember stepping out, seeing, trying to experience, and I mean, my eyeballs nearly rolled in the back of my head thinking that I was breathing in water, like warm water. That's, right. that's what it felt like. Really and, amazing And also... Stuff. That summer, when you look at the heat index, um, because mm-hmm. you need to, you know, we, we look at heat indices here and we measure it in hours because, you know, you don't get a heat index above 100 here in the middle of the morning. Usually it happens for an hour or two in the afternoon. But the cumulative amount of hours that our heat index went above 100 that summer of 95 was something like 100, and, I, I forget the specific number, it was like 150 total hours. Mm. I mean, to put that into perspective, I think we hit the heat index of 100 maybe once last week for an hour. I mean, wow. that that's pretty high. I think our highest heat index that summer was 117. So that was, I, I do remember that summer because that was a, a summer in between, um, for me, in between college. And um, and that was that was a rough one. And especially because I went to school in St. Louis. We went back to, you know, went back to St. Louis in August. And, you know, the temperature there was 98 and the dew point was like 74. And it mm. was just brutally hot into early October, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Well, right now, given the topic that we have been covering here on this episode of Weather Jazz, I am hearing all kinds of freezer doors now open and reaching for popsicles right now and ice cream. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I think it's just going to be one of those old-fashioned summer um, periods that uh, we get periodically from time to time. People forget that we do get summers <clears throat> like this, uh, and this is going to be one of them. Your prediction at uh, the number of 90 degree days, don't worry, we're not going to hold you to it, uh, but <laughs> the number of 90 degree days that we will end up with uh, once we close the 90s out, I suspect sometime in September. My, my, see, we have 10 so far, and we're probably going to hit 90 another four times before the, the break in the heat the end of next week. And then we're going to see a bunch of 90s after that to finish out the month into early August. And given this weak La Nina that's developing, it's almost a neutral, mm-hmm. and we'll talk more about this later on. I don't want to get too too deep in the weeds with this, but I think we're going to have a lot of a lot of heat above normal temperatures well into September, and we've had a lot of that in the, in recent years. 
So it wouldn't surprise me if we ended up with probably 25 days above 90. Would not surprise mm-hmm. me if we're right about that number. Okay, very good. So 25, we have you down. I was uh, I already had a number formed in my head. I have 23, mm-hmm. so we're okay. in the same ballpark. And uh, so we'll, we'll see who goes uh, uh, over-under on this one. And uh, we'll, we'll uh, explore at some point in time. We'll have you back on and especially as we wrap up uh, the 90-degree uh, season sometime in September. And I'm sure we'll have you on way before right. then. To, these tend to be the, the most popular um, Weather Jazz downloads out of all of them. There's only one that surpassed it uh, back about a year and a half ago that I did when I was filling in on the weekends in, I think mm-hmm. it was mid-January, And I was driving into work, and my car was shaking violently. Absolutely. I mean, I thought the thing was going to break. And I discovered what it was, is uh, we had gone from 32 down to almost zero in the matter of hours. And all the slush on the one side of my wheels froze to the wheel, and suddenly all of my tires were out of balance. Out of round. Yeah, yeah. Balance. Sure, and, sure. And as soon as I knocked all of the ice off of there, my ride home was just fine. But uh, there, there was a time where I thought that uh, the car was literally going to shake apart. And I thought that there's something really dramatically wrong with this car. So I called the episode, My Car is Shaking. And it it wasn't even a few days. I had thousands of downloads from that particular one probably given the fact that so many others were running into the same issue and going, thank goodness all it was was a little ice on the wheels that they had to knock right. off the wheels. So, but I aside from that... Up. Right. And I, and I was going to say, I was driving, um, this is just a few years ago, an old uh, 1919. It was a 2003 Grand Am, and I had it for years. Mm-hmm. Finally had to get rid of it because it had 250,000 miles on it, and it was starting to run into problems. But I remember a couple of those brutally cold winters we had back in like 14, 15, 2013, mm-hmm. where, you know, we had long stretches of cold. And right. I was running into the same issue. Now that car was getting so old. I'm thinking, oh boy, this is going to th- this is going to cause some alignment issues. I mean, I'm going to really run into some issues. This car can't handle it. But luckily, I, I made it through without any, any any too many big problems with that. And uh, so now you're driving a, a car with only a couple hundred miles on it. <laughs> well, driving back and forth from Cleveland prior to COVID, I was putting on you know my my normal drive sure. to work's about 35. But, mm-hmm. you know, with the whole COVID thing, you know, we're working, I'm working in the basement and, you know, there were, there were times early on where I wasn't driving my car much at all. So the issue for me wasn't so much obviously snow, but it was, I was driving around and I'm like, why am I hearing my brakes? What, what's going on here? It was just rust was forming because oh, of the lack of on, yeah. on the brake, you know, on the brakes and stuff. And so right. I had to drive it around mm-hmm. and knock some of the rust off of it, which, mm-hmm. you know, Hey, it is what it is. You save money with gas and everyone's kind of going through the, you know, the, the same issues. Um, but, um, but hopefully everybody Everybody stays cool. Um, the other thing, too, real quick here, we talked about the heat. The Lake Erie water temperature has taken off. It has gone up significantly. We're up into the mid-70s now in a, in a strong response to all of this heat. So the mm-hmm. water temperature, I believe, is like 74, 75 degrees. And maybe two weeks ago, it was around 65. So uh, the lake is starting to warm up, and, and we'll see how, how high the lake, uh, how warm the lake gets here in the weeks ahead, too. 
All right, maybe a record high for uh, Lake Erie. We'll we'll wait and see, and we'll revisit that perhaps uh, in a couple of weeks. Scott, always good to have you uh, on Weather Jazz, and uh, let's do it again uh, sometime very soon. Absolutely, Andre. Thanks again for having me. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's discussion about the heat, especially if you are a summer fan. Gotta love it the way it's going so far this year. We'll again revisit a little bit later on as we begin to conclude the summer months. Look forward to having you. In the meantime, spread the word about Weather Jazz. Share this link with your family and friends. It's a real delight to get together and talk about all kinds of things, not only meteorological, but science-wise, and occasionally I'll even throw a, a personal topic or two in there just to kind of liven things up. And remember to subscribe to this podcast if you are using Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app, so that way you can get the latest episode the minute that they are released. If you need to get in touch with me for any reason, make sure you drop me an email. It's very simple, very easy to remember, weatherjazz at yahoo.com. Have a great rest of July, and we'll catch you next go-around right here on Weather Jazz. Weather and science across the globe. The Weather Jazz Podcast.